Hello and welcome to Spotlight. In today's episode, we are going to be chatting with the elegant and charming Sadika Piaboy, a writer who can turn from a single line advertising copy to a 200-page book with equal ease. Sadika is an award-winning creative director. Apart from creating advertisements for leading Indian and global brands, she's also written the scripts for very popular television serials and documentaries. She's also been a columnist, has written several short stories and published books of fiction. Welcome to the show, Sadika. Let's talk about your latest book. This is the one that you've written about the NRIs and the kind of emotions that memories of home evoke in them. Can you tell us what inspired you? Thank you, Sandhya, for having me on this show. I know you've had a slew of very distinguished people and I'm very happy that you have asked me to be on this show and thank you so much for the introduction. You have asked me about the newest book of mine, which is on Amazon at the moment. Uh, it is an e-book and it is called Call of the Heartland. Uh, what really inspired me was um, these immigrants and uh, the Indians who have struggled hard to get that green card and that citizenship in the US and UK. And, you know, they've pulled every possible string to get there. But once they get there and the newness goes, they are in the throes of severe nostalgia for India. And they only meet with Indians and they sing old songs and they're talking about Indian in Pakistani cricket. And, and most of them have plans to eventually come back to India. Uh, and what is sad is the India that they will come back to is totally different from the India that they've left behind. And, uh, you know, the excessive emotion about India and they become more Indians than Indians here. And they become more religious and much more fanatical than we are possibly here. So it, that is really, uh, was very intriguing to me. And uh, these sets of, set of 16 short stories is about the, the kind of, uh, uh, the kind of, uh, say, two diverse cultures that these people straddle. And it's a difficult proposition at any time because a lot, uh, they cannot leave the India behind. They, they carry India with them and yet they have to adapt to a diversely different culture. So at best of times, they and their children are trying to straddle two different cultures and it, it couldn't be a very easy proposition. So that is what these short stories are about. They're about their dilemma in trying to be more Indian than Indians and more American than Americans. So it is a difficult proposition and it, it touches certain emotional chords in most people who have either lived abroad or are still living abroad. It's called uh, Call of the Heartland and by all reports is doing extremely well on Kindle. So, Sadika, uh, what has inspired the other books that you have written? This is the seventh book that you have published, am I right? So, and each of, each of your books have very interesting but very different uh, inspirations. So, can you tell us about a couple of them which was really unique? I think I started writing my uh, column for about 35 years which had nothing to do with advertising but just to keep my sanity going in a very stressful world. I used to write a column for Deccan Herald for many many years, a humor column and initially what I did was I 
made a collection of these columns and uh, published it as a book. It is called But Other Mothers Do. It was mostly about the antics of my children as they grew up. It was a funny take on uh, the motherhood. Uh, and after that, once I decided to quit advertising, I started writing uh, and uh, writing serious fiction. Not serious, funny fiction. So my first book was called Marry Go Round. And uh, it it is about, uh, I sort of plumbed my uh, roots in Hyderabad to get uh, a take on what happens to these aristocrats who have suddenly been deprived of their aristocracy, aristocracy and they're clinging on to the past and, you know, still trying to, um, you know, uh, let's say, live in another world, live in, in the bygone era. And uh, it's it's about uh, how arranged marriages happen and how people are so conscious of their lineage and their ancestry and who their grandfather was and their great-grandfather was. So it it's a kind of a funny, sad take on the lives of the Nawabs of Hyderabad. It's called Marry Go Round. Uh, and my, uh, the book which I'm particularly uh, fond of or, or happy about is, is called House of Discord. And uh, it is about Bombay. I've lived in Bombay most of my life. And it is about the Babri Masjids and how that, uh, that particular phase in, in, in its history destroyed the spirit of Bombay that was so, um, so not communal at all. It was so you know, happily intermingled that we didn't even know that so-and-so was a Parsi or so-and-so was a Hindu or so-and-so was a Sikh. We just, just didn't matter to anybody at all. And we were in and out of each other's homes without a thought to what their particular religious leanings were. But uh, the Babri Masjid riots, when they happened, uh, they quite sort of unraveled the whole structure that was Bombay. So this is a story about a family caught up in the riots. Uh, Babri Masjid riots in Bombay and, uh, and because they are sort of they have a daughter-in-law who's a Muslim and they are very uh, staunch Maharashtrian Hindus it's sort of I have the discord coming into the house and extending from the and it's a metaphor for what the discord is outside in the city it's called uh, House of Discord I'm particularly happy with that book because it's a difficult book to write uh, then I have, since then I've written a couple of short story books, short story collections. I think there was another book about another royal that was very interesting, the topic of that. Uh, would you care to tell us about uh, what, uh, you know, you were on a holiday and then you came across this story, right? The last book was called Mayur Khand. Uh, Mayur Khand is uh, about a singer who is... Uh, who becomes the mistress of a small-time Maharaja in Raj Rajasthan. And she's taken there and slowly she sort of unravels because after he uh, takes her there, he loses interest in her. And you know how Maharajas live la life larger than, uh, la larger than life. So he loses interest in her and slowly she sort of becomes an alcoholic. And one, one day overnight she just vanishes from wherever she was, leaving a four-year-old daughter behind. Now, this is a mother-daughter uh, parallel story going on where the daughter is looking for this mother who's vanished so mysteriously. And now the daughter's grown up. She's a professional working in Bombay. But she has that little vacuum in her life where, you know, she really doesn't know what happened to her mother and she's forever looking for her mother in everybody she sees or wherever she goes. So at some point of time, she has the opportunity to go back to this Mayur Kantikana 
and solve the mystery of what really happened to her mother. So in a way, it's a love story. It's a mystery. It's a kind of a murder story also. And uh, there are a lot of uh, psychological strands to it in the sense that this girl is fearful of commitment because of what happened to her. And uh, she cannot get herself to get married to this very nice boy who wants to marry her. And she has to resolve so many issues of her past within her, past trauma within her. So that is Mayur Khand. And uh, the word is that uh, one of these OTT channels is looking at it very seriously. So I have my fingers crossed. That would be nice. Uh, and uh, this is, uh, well, the background is, uh, let's say, traditional royal uh, Rajasthan in, in the 70s, which is not quite royal, but they still had their strong traditions and the way they lived and the way they behaved. And, and it's a place which has kept to its legends and myths and it's filled with all kinds of exciting stories. So that inspired me a great deal. How did you weave in your passion for uh, Hindustani music into this book? I'm very passionate about Hindustani classical music. I'm still learning. Last 20 years I've been learning. And don't ask me to sing because I can't. I'm just learning it for myself. And uh, uh, this girl who, who gets taken away by the Maharaja for a mistress is a singer, a trained singer, uh, who has aspirations to singing in the films. And she has a lovely voice and there's a lot of mythology around her voice that I put into the book where, where the servants say, you know, when she used to sing, the birds used to stop in mid-flight to listen to her or the, or the peacocks used to stop around her cottage to listen to. So it's, it's so much of, you know, rumor and mythology, but it just tells you that she was a fantastic singer and what she sings for the Maharaja when he comes, all that I have brought in from my passion for Hindustani music. So it is a book which, let's say, has come out of my heart. You also dealt with some masala stuff earlier, right? When you wrote the scripts for uh, these two very popular series, Sara Jaha Hamara and Honi and Honi. When I was working in advertising, I had the fortune, good fortune, to write in a whole lot of genres of, uh, to do a whole lot of writing genres. So one of them, or, or many, a couple of them, were serials for the uh, for the Doordarshan. We had a, a company called Odyssey, which uh, created these uh, programs. So I wrote two serials, which were released on Doordarshan and Z. Uh, one was called Saraja Hamara, which went on to do some twenty six episodes and was very well received. And another one was called Honi and Honi. Which, which really became very popular. It also had a couple of court cases against it and things like that. But that only adds to the viewership. So, and I had another one called Tenali Raman. I had written all three of them. So that was a, a different genre for me to experiment with. And uh, as you know, in advertising, we have to write on all kinds of things. So we writing from the chairman's speech to the MD's speech to... Uh, you know, uh, a review of the company to corporate brochures to advertising films, which I've done about 300, 400 of them. So, you know, in these many different, um, you know, experiences that you have, can you share a couple of very interesting ones, either, you know, while shooting for the television episodes or any of the advertising shoots that you've been at? I'm sure you've had very, very interesting episodes. It was such a 
good time of my life to be in advertising and every day was a new adventure on one hand we'd be writing about condoms i mean i'd be doing creative for condom in the afternoon i'd be doing on uh, agarbatti for pujas so that was the kind of spread we had and it was really very challenging and very exciting and kept you young and alive and you know ticking all the time you had also uh, started and you were heading a college which taught uh, fashion design and uh, advertising so you're the best person that i think i can ask this question how has indian advertising evolved over the years you know i mean you've been there right when it was beginning to take off and then it, you've seen many changes some good some bad so how do you think it has evolved advertising was a very exciting time to be in very and uh, it has cha- and i'm happy that i was there when creativity ruled the roost and creative people were there up next only to god they were put on a pedestal because uh, everything revolved around the creative and we used to say creative is the heart of the business and rest is all plumbing so uh, it was an exciting time to be alive in advertising and contributing to it uh, this was uh, a little before the multinationals came in with all their ground rules and their statutory inclusions and the statutory kind of communication and you can't do this and you have to use this font and you have to use that type and you can't use this word you know that became too restrictive and it became highly competitive because at that time when uh, you know lot of billions of dollars were at stake so we just couldn't have fun anymore and uh, when 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 i was in advertising all the best minds in india wanted to join advertising i know we were sort of people knocking at our door from morning till night uh, brilliant minds from iims uh, india all all over india uh, brilliant minds from iits people who've done engineering medicine whatever what they wanted to do was experience advertising i mean they thought there was a lot of glamour which there was plus there was a lot of hard work involved so that was a great time to be in advertising and i'm happy that i was there and i'm happy when i got out of it not that i don't miss it very much sometimes i dream of entire campaigns that have turned out in my dream and you know down to the last slogan headline whatever but um, well one moves on um you know sadika uh, i can see that painting behind you is it one of your other hobbies along with music the painting that i can see behind you in the lockdown during the lockdown i found a lot of time on my hands though i do my online classes i do gita classes and i do music classes but uh, uh, and i'm writing some but not very much because all the publishers seem to have gone to sleep and the bookshops are closing down by the dozens so uh, writing is slow but uh, painting is taking up uh, up front space in my mind and i'm doing i'm learning i'm really not there but i'm learning with every painting i sort of get better i think because i have friends asking me for painting which is the ultimate let's say um, endorsement <laughs> so now i'm going to ask you a rather cheeky question and i hope i can take that liberty with you um, because as i confessed i'm a fan girl of sadika peer boy so i'm going to take liberty you are uh, originally uh, you know uh, from bombay and then uh, you started writing this column in bangalore saying swalpa adjust madi do you think you yourself adjusted too much into bangalore and became a little too uh, unnecessarily modest in marketing yourself had you remained a bombay person do you think you would have marketed yourself more uh, i honestly don't know i think bangalore with its laid back attitude has got to me in a way but i'm also um, 
reticent by nature. I have never uh, talked about myself too much or given interviews or pushed myself forward. It, it goes against the grain. And uh, I'm better off building other people's brands rather than me as a brand. But, um, I mean, suppose that, that I was in Bombay and I was in advertising. I'm sure I would have been discovered. I'm sure media would have discovered me. I'm sure other agencies would have discovered me. But my problem was I married into advertising and I always worked for my husband. So I'm, I'm sort of always been back, one of the backroom boys and uh, not really uh, been upfront collecting all the laurels. I think what's, what's due to one comes anyway, whether you ask for it or not, it comes your way. And of course, when I'm talking to you, Sadika, I cannot help but bring back that one iconic line. I know you've written many, but I have to bring that up, you know, jo BBC I mean, I cannot get over how you told me how, I mean, you just sat down and you wrote it in a few minutes or even before you went to the office. I think that changed the fortunes, not just of your client company, but even the, um, you know, the actors who acted in the TVC. Uh, I was just reading about it. Uh, did you know that, that they all went on to become so famous after this ad? And the wonderful thing is it ran for some 10-15 years initially and then it sort of faded out. Now, after so many years, after 40 years, it's come back. They've brought it back because it works so well for them. Uh, they brought it back and now it's running again in a slightly changed avatar. But it's still something that I just pulled out of my head one day. Now, when you write what's so-called iconic lines, you don't set out to write iconic lines. You write lines which will motivate people, which will uh, give the, uh, them a little emotional connect or which will uh, emotional connect with the brand and will, which will uh, keep the brand uppermost in their mind. So one writes like that. But what happens to the line afterwards, it's its own uh, doing in the sense that this this particular one prestige, prestige line, your BBC rang for ran for the longest time. Uh, made a huge brand success of, out of prestige pressure cookers and uh, beat the competition hollow, which was Hawkins at that time. And uh, uh, what it did was it, it got into co common parlance. You had people telling each other the line, you had writers writing about it. You had politicians using it for their slogans. Uh, you know, it, it, it just walked into all kinds of situations. In the, in the movies, people were quoting this to each other, and, you know, and wives, housewives were blackmailing their husbands emotionally and saying, oh, you don't love me because you bought me some other cooker. You want me to be killed in the kitchen or whatever. So it, it just became something that triggered a lot of uh, interest around it. And I guess now you could call it iconic because after 40 years, it's come back, which never happens in advertising unless it's a Coke slogan or something. And uh, I mean, there were many lines. Another one which I was quite happy about was Timekeepers to the Nation for HMT. Uh, that was my line. And that also ran for the longest time. And recently, when a uh, couple of years ago, when HMT closed down, and they had a huge headline saying, Timekeepers to the Nation is closing down or is shutting down or whatever. So, you know, you you... Everybody forgets who wrote it, but the line lives on. So that's very nice. And then um, we had a, a line for ECIL. It was Electronics Corporation of India, which said, where tomorrow is today. Again, that became very, very popular at, at that time. So I guess things go on and 
you feel good about things that you have done and uh, lines these things live on long sadika as a writer i'm curious to know how you handle the you know requirements of these different genres of writing um i don't stop to think i just do it in the sense that uh, when i wrote the scripts for sara jahan mara and honi and honi and things i never stopped to think that i what do i know about script writing it came into my lap and said my husband stood on my head and said i want this by tomorrow so i, I just sat down and did it so the best way is don't second guess yourself don't question yourself just do it as nike says and the same thing happened when um, mary go round my hyderabad book uh was taken up by a couple of uh, directors well known directors to make plays out of to you know wanted to present the plays for deccan hell festival so uh, they said who will do the script will you do it i said yes i know the subject best and inside out so i write the script and i sat down and wrote the script and it went down very well and you know we had uh, people coming for the play and they said who wrote the script so i said i did what do you know about writing script scripts so i said i don't know that i don't know so i just go and do it so that's happened both the times with sara jam one was in uh, in in bangalore hindi and one was in uh, english both and it was a funny play and sort of went down very well with the audiences and people have asked for a repeat for it but it's expensive to put up a play so people are still thinking about it thank you so much for joining the show today sadika and all the best i know you have another book in the pipeline and uh, all the best with that and all the best with your mayur kand becoming a serial that we can watch on any of the streaming platforms thank you so much you can also view the interview as a video on the raintree media youtube channel until i'm back next week with another interesting guest take care and bye bye do subscribe to the raintree media channel on youtube like comment and share the videos